Okay, aloha and welcome to Hawaii, the state of clean energy. I'm Mitch Ewan, your host, and our sponsor is the Hawaii Natural Energy Institute. I'm really pleased to welcome my guest today, Desiree Page, the Hawaiian Electric System Arborist. We're going to be talking today about HECO's uh, vegetation management program and how it protects the grid. So welcome to the show, Desiree. Thanks for having me. So I have a quick question to get going on this thing, just to get us into it. So first of all, for those of us out there in the, uh, in the public, what is an arborist and what do you do for Hawaiian Electric? So an arborist, generally speaking, is anybody that works with trees. Um, uh, in the industry, we, we try to keep it professional and, and, and uh, try to reserve the term for people um, who work with trees that, with, uh, that, that seek higher education um, and um, uh, strive for a more professional um, work environment. But ultimately, anybody who works with trees technically is an arborist. And um, yeah, uh, what I do with Hawaiian Electric is, as a system arborist is um, I help um, oversee the contractors who are in charge of um, our line clearance and um, the actual operations of vegetation management. Um, we respond to um, customer calls and um, oh, uh, inspections on outages. Uh, whenever there's an outage that seems to have been caused by vegetation, we uh, take a look, do a little investigation and write up a report as to um, what happened and why. So we can find where improvements could be made. Okay, so you sent us a slide deck full of uh, pictures of trees. Yes. This is really good. So I, I thought we'd uh, run through the slide deck and uh, uh, highlight the, the major points uh, about the uh, vegetation management plan for uh, ECO, so or Hawaiian Electric, as they call themselves now. So uh, why don't we start off with uh, slide uh, one, and we'll quickly go to slide two. And you're away. Yeah. What are we seeing okay. here? Um, so let's see. Uh, vegetation management it supports reliable delivery of energy by maintaining the vegetation within our easements to keep it clear of the equipment. Um, we have Hawaiian Electric has, um, I think, nearly 1,600 miles of overhead lines on Oahu alone. 900 wow. of those line miles are distribution, which are the ones that feed the customers. Um, so that's the guys you're seeing in that slide are um, typically doing dis distribution work. These are the lines along the road. Um, let's see, depending on the area, there's anywhere from 12 to 20% vegetation coverage um, uh, that we need to maintain on those, on those 900 line miles. Um, there's around 700 miles of transmission and subtransmission lines as well. Um, a lot of that is in the mountains, rural areas, and within the forest. So um, access is an issue. Weather can be really an issue. Um, but the vegetation coverage in those areas that needs to be maintained is anywhere from 32 to 78 percent, depending on where it's at. So currently, um, the 
Aslan tree experts are the, um, the sole provider of our routine maintenance um, contract, which is the routine maintenance is um, pretty much everything that's not a capital improvement. Um, we try to take a preventative approach to routine maintenance of our distribution lines, trying to keep all the circuits on a pruning cycle of anywhere from 18 months to two years in length. We're hoping to finish 600 of the 900 distribution miles by the end of 2021, which is kind of a tall order. And now that the rainy season is about to start, we'll see, you know, it's all weather depending. It can really affect the flow. Um, the transmission and sub-transmission lines have to, we have to approach those a little differently. Um, the areas tend to have larger easements, which allows us to um, get wider clearance. So uh, they tend to be on a three to five year uh, uh, maintenance schedule. Um, but a lot of the pruning that we do is more reactive in those areas or um, as needed. So what kind of technology do you use? Do you use like helicopters, drones, drive-bys, all of the above? Or we do, go on a yeah. Hike? So, um, well, I guess I should explain. We have, we have 21 of our, we have 21 line clearance crews. These are guys, the, the guys trimming, they're using um, bucket trucks uh, or climbing to get the work done. Um, we the as far as scoping goes though we have we have four or five guys uh, that are i say guys I, but we have four or five people <laughs> that are designated for scoping and a lot of that for the uh, right-of-way or transmission areas is actually done um, with drone or helicopter so um, as far as the actual maintenance of the of the uh, vegetation though we we don't use a lot. There are some really cool videos you can see online of um, areas on the mainland where they use helicopters with basically saws hanging. And they just- Yeah, I've seen that. It's like- Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But our wind patterns and um, the uh, valleys and, and just the shape of the Ko'olaus in general, um, it, it's just not safe here. The, they're also typically doing that on trees that are like um, conifers with a, with a straight up and down um, structure and just very thin branches coming out. Um, here we have these giant monkey pod shaped trees and it's just not, it's not feasible. But yeah. Let's go to uh, next slide, number slide three. So what are we, what are we seeing here? I see so, guys and trees. Yeah, yeah, those are climbing crews. So um, a lot of the right of way work is um, kind of far off the grid. A lot, some, I mean, it'll have, they'll, we'll have, we'll have roads most of the time. They're not normally finished, but um, some of these areas, they have to hike to get to their job. So there's, uh, needless to say, there's not equipment access for bucket trucks and whatnot. So um, these are, these crews are our climbing crews. And um, yeah, they're, they're out in the, in the rainforest with all the insects and, and um, mosquitoes and <laughs> sweating and climbing all day and um, just banging it out and doing doing a fantastic job. So do you ever get to climb a tree? I actually started climbing trees when I was 17. My dad's an arborist um, and I started working him with him when I was probably 14 and um, I've been in the industry ever since. I started climbing when I was 17 and, and after graduating college um, I, I 
started as a uh, basically a contract climber where I, I um, went with different uh, landscape or tree companies that needed somebody to climb because uh, they didn't have one and um, helped them out for a while until I moved to Hawaii. And um, yeah, and in that, the first job I got in Hawaii, I actually climbed um, pretty regularly. I was operations management. So, you know, jobs got to get done. <laughs> and right. uh, if somebody doesn't, if somebody calls in sick, then, you know, put me in coach. So, um, yeah, but once I took the job with Hiko, that was the end of my climbing days. So. Oh, okay. So now you're pushing a desk. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next slide and uh, show us, uh, tell us what we're seeing here. Ah, okay. So um, vegetation management, a lot of what is obvious that we do to the public is going to be um, tree trimming. And um, in most situations, the trees that we are pruning uh, are not Hawaiian electric property. They're growing around Hawaiian electric property, but we have no rights to do anything to that tree that is above and beyond what we need to do to protect the grid. So, um, you know, trees also, I'm sure you know, actually, I've, I've, I've watched several of your episodes, trees provide a lot to the environment and they're um, right. just as important as electricity. So we try to find a balance um, between what's, what's, and this is what all of urban forest management is about, finding a balance between what's good for the trees and what works for the people that live with them. So um, what you're seeing here is um, what we call, on the left side is the beginnings of a through pruning, where we are just training the tree to grow around the line um, and uh, keep it clear. Whereas on the right side is what is called side trimming. Um, that other option wasn't available. So we just have to kind of maintain that distance along the way. Okay, let's look at the next slide. I think it also illustrates uh, it does, that. It yeah. There you go. Yeah, so that's a before and after of a side trim. Um, unfortunately, not unfortunately, actually, it's a beautiful thing that trees are capable of this, but, uh, you know, trees put, leaves where they need them and trees know where they need leaves by um, where sunlight touches them so when you when you side trim the way we have to here um, leave it bare it looks it looks nice um, we 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 make proper cuts as in accordance with fancy standards isa standards um, but the tree had leaves there because it needed it there so what you'll see in the next slide is the tree's response um they will okay, if, next slide if, uh, there you go <laughs> yep, there <it> is. wow <laughs> when you when you have to bear the side of the tree that way um if the root system has enough energy stored to replace it quickly it will and it'll flush right back out like that so uh trees planted too closely to the lines are a constant battle and like i mentioned we have the um 18 to Two year, 18 month to two year pruning cycle. Um, and that's really the best we can do. Uh, take manpower and we have budget. So, you know, that's, that's, um, there's a lot of trees on the island. So that's um, uh, when we, when we run into situations where trees are planted too close, sometimes you know that they're not going to hold full cycle. And that can be a real issue because, um, you know, you, it can lead to power outages. It can lead to fire in some places luckily hawaii not so not so likely um but power outages definitely and um yeah 
Yeah, so we 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 have uh, uh, some challenges with trees planted too close to the line um, until we're able to directionally prune them and train them around it with that grow back in where the sun is hitting the trunk. Also, some trees um, are susceptible to sun scald, so when you when you have to shave them like that, it can um, it can cause damage to the trunk. So. So what's your advice to uh, private property owners who are wanting to put a tree on their property? Right tree, right place. Right tree, right place. So uh, there is during Arbor Day, there's uh, tree give giveaways um, all around the island. And those are, those are um, something that's uh, uh, helped, helped by the Kaulanani Council. And, and there's several different nurseries that will um, grow trees to give away on Arbor Day. And if you, I strongly recommend if you're looking for a tree to try to pick one up during Arbor Day. And um, we, there are typically certified arborists there to talk to you about the tree and help you pick the right tree. Um, there are other tools. Um, I did not mention this to you before, but it might be something that you would want to put into the um, description. There's a really powerful tool made um, by Cal Poly uh, called Select Tree. And um, you can actually search for a tree based off of the environment that you plan on putting it in and some of the characteristics that you would favor, like you want a small tree. Um, and then it will spit out a bunch of trees that would work under those circumstances. And it will tell you if they are line friendly, if they are um, an invasive species or if they would be really bad around lines. So that's really, really powerful. But we say in the industry, right tree, right place. Um, best case scenario, don't plant trees by power lines. Um, but understanding that space is limited here in Hawaii, um, right. just find the right tree. Okay, so let's look at the next slide. This looks like a real challenge. Yeah, this is fun. So this is actually, uh, uh, these pictures were provided by Rich Walensky, who is um, my colleague on Big Island. We have four, certified arborists uh, working at Hawaiian Electric on Oahu. And we have Rich Walensky is a forester who uh, works on uh, with Helco. So um, this situation, the story was they, this is a, um, this black pipe that you see is a conduit of some type. Um, and I may be wrong about that, but basically it's a, it's a, uh, uh, transferring energy from one of their hydroelectric facilities. And um, they had to do an inspection on it, they being a different portion of the company, to uh, make sure that it was intact and they couldn't find it. And this, um, the photo on the bottom <laughs> left, <laughs> the photo on the bottom left is it covered completely in vines, completely right. in vines. So, the second photo on the bottom, uh, the bottom middle is as they started to clear it out. And then the bottom right is after they had finished the job. Um, but yeah, it's not just tree trimming and um, fast growing species include vines <laughs> as well as a couple different tree species, but mostly vines and um, uh, palms tend to be an issue too. Okay. Let's go to the next uh, slide. That's amazing. They didn't know where the line was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are we seeing here? So this Desiree. is fun. <laughs> we term trees, uh, vegetation management, you know, uh, around the grid. 
sometimes vegetation takes over the grid. And like we saw in Rich's pictures, that this is actually several um, fun photos of uh, trees growing out of the of the um, poles. <laughs> So the one on the right is my favorite. It just uh, it must have seeded and grown off the top there. Uh, and then the other two to the left are what are called strangler figs. And um, I'm not sure how they're deposited. I'm guessing birds birds deposit seeds there in the way they do. And they just kind of grow and wrap around the pole and sometimes through the pole and yeah, wreak havoc. <laughs> So the next slide is probably, uh, you know, uh, storm damage, and uh, that must be a really busy time for you when we have it a hurricane rocketing through. It is. So, you know, we've been lucky, right? We've we've dodged hurricanes on Oahu so far for years, yeah. but strong winds are strong winds, and um, you know, under regular circumstances, under normal weather conditions, trees don't just fall over, um, and that's 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 something I really urge people to try to repeat and um, really embrace that <laughs> concept that just because a tree is big doesn't mean it's a danger. Trees don't fail unless there's some sort of structural defect um, in the roots, whether you can see it or not, but there's gotta be some sort of a structural defect that, that leads to its failure. Um, but in strong winds and hurricanes, you know, all bets are off, um, you know, you're, and it's hard to tell what's gonna, What's going to fall? Like your your neighbor's mailbox is just as much as as much a threat to the line as the tree standing right next to it. So, but what we're seeing here is 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 the, yeah some um, emergency work. I actually um, ran some numbers last night just to see how we were doing in um, 2021, so I could share it with you. And so far, we've had um, almost almost 100 emergency calls. Um, some of those tend to be misplaced. So I, I filtered some out and the ones I know for sure are not, um, you know, a little, little overreactive <laughs> it has been um, about 45 emergency calls and mostly at night, mostly right after rain. And um, typically it's large branch failure or sometimes trees uproot. So as we, you know, we're in the hurricane season now. So what kind of uh, tips should are you should property owners uh, follow as we uh, to be maybe more proactive than waiting for the tree to actually fall across the line? What, what, yeah. what would you advise property yeah. owners to do? So, you know, it, it doesn't, it's this, this answer is always, I think, a little anticlimactic for people <laughs> because yeah. once we hit hurricane season, once the, once the calls start coming or, you know, we know they're coming, it's really too late to do anything. Um, your best bet, and this is what uh, we try to do with our routine maintenance, is is preventative care. You know, um, take care of your trees. That you know, take care of the trees that live on your property. You know, you're sharing space with them, and 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 try to keep them in a condition where they're not a threat. Um, that means regular deadwooding, um, and you know, having an arborist come out every couple few years, maybe just to just to look at it and give you a risk assessment and determine if there is anything about it that might be concerning if winds were to get too strong. Um, and if you do it that way, a lot of times you can avoid, um, you know, a whole tree removal just because somebody's afraid, you know, like you get to know your tree better when you talk with arborists and you, and you take a more active approach to caring for the tree. Um, that being said, when, no matter what you do, <laughs> when, uh, when, when wind forces exceed 
anything that the tree's ever experienced before, there's no telling what's going to break. You know, there's no way to know which tree will stand and which one won't because it's not, a lot of times it's not about a defect. And if it is about a defect, it's a lot of times it's about one you didn't see. So short of just removing the obvious problems like deadwood and, and um, structurally damaged branches, you know, there's, there's not too much you can do. In the past, people used to, um, I mean, people still do, but in the past, arborists believed it was um, beneficial to thin out the canopy. And by thinning out the canopy, the idea was that you would reduce wind sail. And wind sail is the phenomenon, of, as it sounds, of, um, you know, having a large canopy create a wider um, sail to catch the wind and therefore put pressure on the trunk and make whole tree failure more likely. Um, but there's been studies and um, it's been um, recreated. And it turns out <laughs> that every leaf, twig, and branch on that tree is actually serving a function of dissipating the forces of those winds. No, As the wind goes through it and the branches jiggle and the, and the leaves shake, it's, it is um, it's softening the blow that the trunk feels. So when you thin them out, and a lot of times here in Hawaii, we don't just thin them out, we raise them up, you know? <laughs> um, but sometimes to the point where they're lion's tailed and they're just very top heavy and there's just dead, like, or uh, uh, naked branches down to there. Um, turns out that's counterintuitive and it's actually exposing the trunk to more force than it would have faced had you left all those branches on there. So, <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. I guess yeah, it is very interesting, but I guess the point is you can't, uh, it, preventative, all you can do is just take good care of your trees. That's the best. So when you're working finger. near a power line and you bring in, a, are there arborists that are specifically qualified to work near power lines? Yes. So there is a um, term we use and OSHA uses called line clearance qualified. Um, and okay. there, there's not a license. There's not a certificate that that deems you qualified. Um, the company itself actually um, deems itself qualified. But in order for them to um, be qualified, you have to, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember all the specifics of what they need to do, but you need to have regular training on um, electrical hazards. There's EHAP certificates that they would have to keep up to date. Um, their equipment has to be tested regularly, dielectric testing to make sure that it's not conductive and, and that all the protections um, are in place to prevent, you know, uh, electricity finding its way to ground through your bucket truck and things like that. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're, if you're um, needing a tree pruned and it's near your power lines, um, always hire a line clearance qualified arborist. That being said, um, we only work with two. So um, Davy Tree and Aspland Tree Experts are the ones we know for sure are qualified for, um, for line clearance. <clears throat> the Aloha Arborist Association does make recommendations um, on arborists in your area for specific jobs or specific needs you might have. So they'd be somebody to reach out to if you were um, looking for other companies. Um, so you're the president of that organization, right? I am. I am oh. the president. Yeah. <laughs> little 
secret plug there, there <laughs> but, but really though it is <laughs> but it is um it, that's something that our admin keeps up with and and um you know it's 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 it is a really great resource um other than that though if if you know if a company tells you that they're they're qualified for line clearance there's really no way to prove that they aren't so your best bet is in and this goes for not just line clearance but anytime you hire an arborist um get proof of insurance um it takes nothing for them to get a certificate of insurance with your property listed as additional insured and you should always request that um, and you want to see that they are, if they have um, workers, you want to see that they also have work and workman's compensation. Um, because God forbid something happens and somebody gets hurt, at least you'd be protected from being held liable in those two cases, if they have insurance and, and workman's compensation. But if so, you go with a line qualified arborist, hopefully nobody gets hurt. And that's the big point. So as a homeowner, you shouldn't cheap out and try to do it yourself if you're working by the power line. Yeah, I I mean I've had I've heard people say some really frightening things and I understand the mentality, you know. Um sure, save a few dollars. Yeah, and there's this concept that that you know, it's it's outside. It's I mow my grass so I can trim my tree. Um there's there's a lot of things that when that you have to pay attention to when you're working with trees that you're you know you're most of the time you're looking up in the air and it's very stressful and there's things you're not going to think of there's things you're not going to be like spatially aware of and the chances of something that you think is way over here falling and hitting a line that you thought was completely clear are are much more likely when you're not doing that work every day also People, I see all the time, I hear people say, well, I just trimmed the side that wasn't touching the line. That's not how electricity works. So if, if any part of the tree is touching the line, there is a possibility that the, not just the entire tree is live, but also the ground that the tree is in. So you standing on the ground could possibly be affected by the electric current. Okay. Um, yeah. So you homeowners out there, pay attention. Yeah, so just call, just call, and which, you know, that's the other thing I'm going to say, I'm sorry to cut you off, but always call Hawaiian Electric. If you have, if you have a tree near the lines, we, we, we will come look, um, and, um, you know, we're happy to give you advice if it's not something we will handle, but a lot of situations that people think they need to take care of, maybe something that we take care of, and we might already be in the area, you know, um, so it's, it's good to, it's a free service. It's good to get um, oh, some eyes on it free. from some. Free? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> consultation, free consultation. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it's a good eyes on it so that we can tell you, like, yes, this is this is a scary situation. Yes, it's something you should do quickly. I wouldn't worry about it. You could wait. There's, yeah. yeah okay, so this leads into this great slide, the next slide, which we all got a laugh about before we went on the show. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's, it's not funny for two reasons. Somebody lost a tree. And um, also a lot of people were out of power for hours. 
an hour. Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, but it is kind of funny. It's it's funny because I'm well. It's ironic because it's our funny, strange. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Well, our um, I'm trying. I keep wanting to point at the thing. I know that you can't see what I'm pointing at, but on the right side photo, you can see a white truck in the background, and that's actually a foreman, one of our crew foremen. Who just happened this is in Wahiwa, and they have a uh, park and a uh, bathroom a restroom right next to that substation and he just happened to stop there to use the restroom and um, witness this tree just fall into the substation it ended up being termite damage is what caused it to fall and it was behind um, a homeowner's privacy fence so there's no way it could have ever been inspected by any of anybody with Hawaiian electric so yeah the things you see well, we're almost out of time, believe it or not. We're down to our, about our last minute. I would so, like. Um, are there, there's about three or four slides left. So is there any one of those slides that uh, is particular? Yeah, interest? yeah, I would like cut to the second to last slide real quick. And I will quickly preface that one of the larger issues that we have on the island is bamboo near our near power lines. Um, and people are very attracted to it and do not let us cut it back as far as we need to. Now click to the next slide, please. This is a family who has a large patch of bamboo right against transmission lines, which are 138 kilovolts in their backyard. If you touch the left side, um, that is a video and you can press play. very alarming video of um, what happens when bamboo makes contact with lines and it just lit the whole house up. It was their security camera footage. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and just over and over again, because it's uh, transmission lines, so they don't just fail. They keep trying to turn back on. And every time they turn back on, they explode again. And yeah, pretty striking stuff. So. Well, bamboo away from power lines, right to right. Got place. it. <laughs> well, on that happy note, this is a wrap. And uh, today we've had the pleasure of uh, talking to Desiree Page and being informed on the Hiko Vegetation Management Plan. So thank you so much for coming out, uh, uh, pay, uh, uh, Desiree, and, and showing us these wonderful pictures and giving us all this great insight. Keep us all safe and to keep the lights on so that we can keep yeah. our internet going, especially from those of us who work from home these days. Yeah, that's well, Thank you too. so much. Thank you for having me. It was nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. So this is Mitch Ewan signing off. We'll be back in two weeks for another show on Hawaii, the state of clean energy. So aloha, everyone.